Yeah, it, it's him, the Houston Astros, and the coronavirus. That I think is the. <laughs> And uh, I think Amer- it's in that order, too. <laughs> yes, the, the biggest threats to American democracy. This is Swipe Right Sports, your sports pod hookup. I am your host, Bobby Adcock. And that was a little uh, failed attempt at humor there from our last pod. It was recorded on March 9th or 10th for the Players' Championship. And um, just a day or two later, March 11th, Wednesday, that evening was kind of when the, the day the music died. The NBA suspended its season, and uh, that was the first domino to fall in the sports calendar, and everything else just kind of went with it within um, just days. And, uh, well, we all know the rest. I hope everyone is staying safe and healthy and kind of working their way through all this. Um, we're all kind of being inundated with all kinds of unsettling news, whether it's the virus or just uh, serious social issues. So that's not what this is. Uh, we are going to attempt to come back here along with the PGA Tour is attempting to come back. And I do call them attempts because who knows uh, how this will all work out. I, I like the fact that they're trying something. They're going to hopefully do it uh, safely, and they can pull it off. I think it'll be a good example for other industries that just kind of maybe a blueprint for something, how to, how to pull some sort of event off or process off in this uh, new um, kind of strange world. So um, I am bringing in Kyle Robert. He is uh, the, at NotoriousKRO on Twitter. We're going to do the exact same format, the grouping segment. We go through the different price ranges on DraftKings, all kinds of uh, hot takes, opinions, little gambling angles too, I'm sure, that Kyle will have. Um, And so that is the first part. Then, later on, we are attempting something else, probably something we shouldn't have, but it's going to be a discussion around the top five movies of the 21st century. Big Brother coming in for that one, along with a good uh, buddy of ours. Um, and really, secretly what this really is, it's, it's just kind of an excuse for me and my buddy to uh, talk about how much we love Whiplash and Bradley Cooper and to see how really annoyed we can make my brother. Um, so if you, uh, look, if you like movies and you want to hear three idiots have no clue what they're talking about, you're gonna love this. This is this is the segment for you. Oh, and they also they don't know. There's an impromptu net worth game that they don't know. I'm gonna pit them against each other and have them guess some of these actors and actresses' net worths as we're weaving in and out of this uh, top five movies of the 21st century discussion. So, uh, yeah, they don't know, but I do. Uh, all right, let's get into the Charles Schwab Challenge segment with Kyle Robert on DraftKings. Okay, as promised, I am joined by Kyle Robert. He is at NotoriousKRO on Twitter. Kyle, how are you? Uh, Bobby, I am fantastic. We are sitting here on a Tuesday. And we are getting ready to discuss actual PGA golf 
something we have not had for several months now. Um, it's a loaded field. It's uh, I, I just I I can't wait. I literally can't wait. Yeah, you know, the last time we spoke was about almost three months ago to the day. Mm-hmm. Um, we were recording the Players Championship podcast, and uh, yep. I kind of made a sarcastic joke about the coronavirus at that time, and then little did we know, uh, about 36 hours later, the world turns upside down. So um, it has been, uh, it's been I, obviously uh, crazy for a variety of reasons, still is, but um, are you holding up okay? How have you been? Uh, doing well, yeah. Luckily, I, I'm I'm in a position where I can work remotely, uh, so I've been at home most of the time. Um, you know, finding new activities to kind of uh, break up my day a little bit. But uh, you know, things are, at least from a virus perspective, seemingly starting to work towards towards being normal. So so you know, a little optimism, but. Things like like PGA golf, uh, being able to set DraftKings lineups, um, it, it is a nice dose of reality, a nice break break from uh, all that's going on to uh, to kind of have something to focus on um, and, and get excited about. Yeah, I would say um, if we didn't, if we knew sports didn't matter before, I think now, you know, I mean, we all know it's kind of a distraction in general, but. I would say a much needed distraction uh, as we as we head into this week. And yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, and what we are going to do, just like we did for the players, is I have uh, pre-selected just uh, groupings within different price ranges. And uh, I've given these groupings to you to let you kind of review and see what you would like to uh, talk about. And we're going to start at the bottom because I think, as I think you would agree, that's where you make the most uh, separation in your lineups. If you hit on the lower price candidates, you get that uh, lower ownership guys in there to hit on. So we're going to start from the bottom up. And if there's someone, Kyle, that I did not hit on, I want you to go, you know what? All those guys suck. And this is who, <laughs> this is actually who uh, I, I would prefer to play in this price range because I was mostly picking out guys that I have some intrigue with um, in a particular price range so that said kyle are you ready i'm absolutely ready let's do this so we are starting at six sixty four hundred and below and i said to pick one from the following six gentlemen first so i'll I'll, I'll preface this by just saying like the, the lower you go in, in terms of pricing, the the uglier and g- more gross it gets. So just like <laughs> in, in general, like pretty much anything below 7K is just somewhere that I'm going to try and not be. But as you mentioned, uh, this is definitely a place where you can find uh, some really good value. And if you hit on the right guy, uh, you can do really, really well. Yeah, and also... The way these fields are priced out on, and we're talking just drafting specifically, the way these fields are priced out on DK week to week, you got about, I would say, roughly 90-some players each week in a full field mm-hmm. that are from about 7,000 and below. So we're probably going to spend a, a little bit more time because that's where most of the field is priced. Um, mm-hmm. And again, where you can probably gain some of the more significant edges. But I agree, uh, it's tough. But I, I kind of also... I get excited when I see some of these guys. I, I got, I'm, I'm kind of convinced myself that these are my guys and I'm going to ride them throughout the season. So um, 
that sounded kind of weird, but let's just go. All right. <laughs> um, uh, first one, the contest minimum, Doug Gibb. After that, Bill Haas, the Wiley veteran, at 6,100. Followed by him, Doc Redman at 6,300, another young upstart. And then Chin Jun Jong at 6,400. Robbie Shelton at 6,400. And then Chesson Hadley, 6,400. Who would be your favorite of this group uh, and why? Uh, I'm going to Zhu Zhang. Uh, I, I really don't have like a, like, here's the exact reason. I just feel like I've used him infields that have like this is this is a very odd field for colonial having this much talent having this much um you know pedigree at the top i feel like i've seen him in in tournaments perform well i've seen him um you know go up against loaded fields and and actually hold his own so if i'm looking you know like i'm shooting for upside i'm, I'm shooting for a guy that should can can make the cut and uh, ideally compete. Uh, I think Zhang is my guy. Okay, first of all, is it Zhang or is it Zhang? Now I'm pissed. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's it's really hard to say. Um, I, I'm going Zinzu Zhang, uh, just because it's more fun to say that way. Uh, okay. But your pronunciation is probably more technically correct. I well, I looked this up on PJ.com uh, because they list pronunciations for people's names so i just wanted to i don't like to get it wrong so yeah. i was like wait a second did i just screw this up because i got a couple more of these that i'm already afraid to say so <laughs> um so i what i for me i just want to clarify according to pga.com uh, it's shin jun jong so just uh, you know you can call me rewat i just want to be clear so no, I, okay. <laughs> Go ahead, I definitely i definitely appreciate the uh pronunciation cl- clarification because I, I am a stickler for that, especially when it comes to uh, baseball and, and, and the NFL season. So uh, I appreciate the, the heads up because the PGA website is probably a lot more correct than I am. Well, and I, I think they are, but I did verify one coming up we'll get to. Um, mm-hmm. I actually went and watched a YouTube clip of a guy being interviewed just to make sure the way he said it was the way I was going to say it. So we will move on. Um, so Shinju <laughs> Jong is uh, your play. And, uh, yeah, very sharp uh, approach player, which I think will be uh, key here this week. And like you said, too, um, something about the field. Year to year, that's a great point. This is typically a very soft field. It mm-hmm. follows um, it follows the second major of the year, at least they, they started to last season. So you don't see a lot of the names you uh, are going to see in this field this year. So that's a very good point to make as you're going through your lineups and thinking, well, um, taking into consideration, for example – Let's talk about another guy I just talked in this field I had mentioned, Bill Haas. His course history here, 9 of 10. He has five top 25s in one top 10. Uh, you think, that guy's a, a very cheap guy to get to the weekend, help my lineups on Saturday and Sunday. Great price. Why not? But, you know, you think about, well, obviously that has to factor into the, the softer fields factors into that 9 of 10, I think. So just something to keep in mind as you're looking at specifically course history for guys in this particular uh, course. So um, my pick here, a guy that I've really been on um, before pandemic started was Doc Redman. Uh, In all of my write-ups on fakepigskin.com, which that will be dropped later today, make sure you go check that out as well. Um, He's a guy who 
statistically, uh, I love as ball striker. He's ranked 13th this season uh, so far, 36th in strokes gained approach. Still has a little trouble with the, the wand, but he's one of those guys who profiles as a, he's kind of one hot putter away from being in contention most weeks. So um, I think he has all the talent in the world. Um, he, he's, he played Doug Gim in that uh, amateur championship a few weeks, or a few, sorry, a few years ago um, in, a, in a great match. Um, so I, I think he's one of the better younger players on tour, and I would ride Doc Redman here this week out of this group. Yeah, I like that call quite a bit. Um, before we move on, Bobby, I did want to ask, uh, what are your like? What are your most important things you're looking at when we're going through these names that that kind of stand out um, in terms of key stats for you? So I, I will say this: each week I fall back on ball striking and uh, any strokes gained approach stats because my theory is basically the guys who are performing well in those two categories are consistently putting themselves into position to score regardless of the course right if mm-hmm. you're playing if you're sharp tee to green which is what those stats uh, reflect the most if you're doing that well consistently you're putting yourself in position to score and keep up with all the birdies that you have to do on the pj tour on any course um to stay to make the cut and then stay in contention so um that's why you'll hear me mention a lot as we're talking i'm always having ball striking up strokes gains approach and even um, here, I also have the strokes game putting uh, stat just to kind of give you a full picture of the player's overall kind of composite performance on the season. So uh, does that make sense to you? Totally. And I, I'm right there with you. And, and putting is one of the things that I've been really looking at this week. I think uh, like if you go back through previous winners, previous contenders, uh, being really productive on the green has been has been key and 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 you know it's about those stro- those strokes gained on the putting surface you know it's a bent grass so I like to look at that um, as well but yeah you want you want a guy who can get off the tee well you want a guy who can who can approach the green I mean it all seems kind of obvious but um, and, and you need a guy who can putt and sometimes you know there's players that will not traditionally putt very well but. You know, if you get that hot stick that one week, that's how you take a, a, a guy who um, does everything else really well, gets the putter hot, and all of a sudden they're in contention or potentially taking down the whole thing. Yeah, and there'll be a couple guys as we go through here. There's a handful of guys who are that profile of the mm-hmm. one hot wand away from kind of being in contention. That's, putting is always their kind of crutch that they, they just can't get over the hump sometimes, but they're always – their ball striking, their approach games – generally are very sharp and we'll talk about we'll talk about that um next round is 6500 on the dot it's three players it is um again we're just i haven't had enough practice with this guy's name we're just gonna say jazz um before i butcher someone else's (laughs) name so we all know who we're talking about he's the uh, pride of thailand um up to 39th player in the world too which is uh pretty amazing um, s- still hasn't broken through on the PGA Tour, but I think we would both agree uh, that's coming soon. So yeah. we have J- Jazz at 6,500, Dylan Fratelli, the South African product, and then Nate Lashley, all 6,500. What say you, Kyle? Uh, for me, it's this is uh, Nate Lashley, and it's it's not particularly close. Uh, Dylon um, is interesting. Uh, you know, like I'm with you. I think Jazz is going to be 
somebody who who performs well. Uh, we've seen him perform well internationally, and that's what helps with his ranking. Um, I think he he's ready to break through on the PGA Tour, but uh, I'm not sure it's this week. Not Lashley is one of those guys that kind of does everything well and and puts well and uh, you know strokes gain tee to green. Uh, you know he he's everything. Like I, I use uh, Fantasy National uh, for a lot of this information. The one kind of downstroke for his his game is his off the tee game but i feel like this course you know par 70 it's a little bit shorter um i feel like that won't be quite as uh necessary to be to be a bomber this week um no. and i and i think lashley's a guy especially at 6500 uh that could find a, a home in my core and a find a home in my a lot of my lineups yeah and uh that's a good point and that, that's part of the write-up too i, I think if you're leaning if you're leaning as like a tiebreaker and you want to go power versus accuracy, it's definitely the week for accuracy mm-hmm. um, off the tee box. This is a, uh, as they say, heavily wooded course. Mm-hmm. So uh, lots of trees that line both sides of the fairways. Uh, and that's what the people are going to be facing on most par fours and fives. Um, so um, Nate Lashley, I, you know, I, I loved last year. He was always showing up um, in the metric that I put together on fakepigskin.com as um, a really great ball striker. Like you said, sharp tee to green guy. So far this year, it just hasn't been there. Um, I'm not so sure you know, what, what that is, but doesn't rank well as far as ball striking goes. Um, not great approach either, a strokes gains approach that is. But as yeah. you said, uh, very solid putter, 55 in strokes gain putting ranking on the season. That's very good. Um, so I, I, I think he's someone who I would keep an eye on because if he, if he returns to form from last year, um, he's definitely a guy. He sat around that seven thousand dollar price range almost for up until late in the year uh, after he after he won. So he was a great value all last year. And I think as you uh, if you jump on him maybe before he turns returns to full form uh, like he did last year, it'd be a great uh, gamble. Here. And, yeah, and, my- and he he's somebody that like if I'm if I'm comfortable with the players at the top of my roster that you know I'm paying more for and I'm looking for maybe a little more upside um, it is a guy that I would look at as a guy that if the putter is going if the off the tee game kind of comes around like like it has the potential to uh, maybe he pops a little bit uh, but you know they also there's a good chance that you know I mean, down here that he could miss the cut too so it really depends on what you're doing at the top, what you're doing with that middle um, to decide how risky you want to get with these guys at the bottom. Yes. And um, I, I don't think there's a, there's a I think you make a case for all three of these guys, but my pick would be jazz. Um, I'm just a fan. I think he has all the talent in the world. It's just a matter of time before he uh, has that PGA tour top 10 out of nowhere, you know? Yep. So let's take us then, um, if you have nothing to add, we'll go to the 66 to 67K range. And I asked to pick one of these guys. And it starts with Matt Walks at 66. Bo Hostler the same. Jimmy Walker is now 6,700. Carlos Ortiz, 6,600, I believe. Mm-hmm. Chris Kirk, 6,700. And then Nick Watney, 6700 kind of a motley crew here but um i i think there's certain reasons to go certain directions where, where are you going here so uh there's really it's really a 1a 1b um if i'm picking just one matt wallace is my guy uh i'm gonna sound like a broken record but th- this is a guy who saves a ton of strokes on the green um 
I am a little concerned that his around the green game isn't where it needs to be. But if that chipping it can get hot for a couple of rounds, um, that will basically bring him to where he needs to be to be in the conversation. He he's a guy that I like quite a bit. Um, at you know sub seven thousand, I I think makes a ton of sense. And um, if he's saving shots with the putter um, and his approach game is on point like it can be, uh, I think he's a guy that could be a a, a nice. Uh, salary savings and, and productive player this week. We're going to agree here, unfortunately, uh, or maybe maybe fortunately. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I, I was a fan of Matt Wallace. I think I think we talked about him at the players, um, even or mm-hmm. it, it, one of these other ones. Um, and he's just one of those guys I think who is at that natural progression in his career where he's uh, done well on the European tour. He's won there, and then um, his next step is to kind of come over, compete on this tour and um, get contention. So I, I think he will do that at some point this season. And uh, he, he'd be my pick. I, I think he's a clear winner for me here. If I had to go another direction, uh, Nick Watney, 33rd in ball striking on the season, 29th in strokes gained approach. He's uh, four of eight here in his career in making cuts. One top 25 uh, what was also a top 10, which was uh, last year his uh, tied for eighth. Uh, here last year at Colonial. Yeah, I think uh, if I had to go another direction, Jimmy Walker would be the other guy that that's somewhat interesting to me. Um, I, I just think he has, um, like, obviously, if you're you know kind of looking uh, in terms of betting odds, he's 120 where everyone else is 150 and above. Um, so that that's always something that's interesting to me in terms of guys that the the books think. Uh, you know, obviously, they don't think he. He's like one of the favorites by any means, but when 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 the odds are that much better for the rest that you know compared to the rest of the people we're talking about, um, that's also something I keep an eye on. Yeah, that's a great point to make. And um, just before we move out of this uh, little group here, a couple guys that are perfect in weekends made, which is I think kind of one of your goals when you're picking this range. You're just like, just get me to Saturday, please. Yep. Um, Jimmy Walker six for six. It, uh, in weekends made three top 25s one top 10 and uh, Chris Kirk randomly I mean if you're just if you're just a course history guy Chris Kirk nine for nine six of those are top 25s two top 10s and a win in 2015 so you know do what you want with that Kyle I don't know what to say yeah I mean it, it is a good point I, I'm I'm a little less course history this week just because of the way the field is Right. And I'm also, Bobby, wanting to get your thoughts on, because I'm not really sure what to make of it. This is obviously going to be a course played without fans. This is going to be a tournament played without the grandstands, without, you know, the people stepping on the, you know, different parts of the grass to kind of mash it down, potentially giving you a better shot out of the rough, potentially giving you a better lie. Um, you know, do you, are should we be... Um, looking at guys who are incredibly accurate knowing that that could mean the difference so normally maybe it's a shot or two you know here or there that might make a difference uh but this week the rough's a little deeper there you know or maybe there's nobody there and so it's easier to concentrate it's easier to focus um the the players that traditionally play in some of the smaller events 
traditionally play in front of less fans or a little more comfortable than the big names who are used to all the people being around and the grandstands and you know it's just it, it's it provides a different perspective it's like when the ncaa basketball players go here the final four and play in these football stadiums you know it takes the shooters a little while to kind of figure out okay let me figure out you know i don't have the same backdrop i normally do uh <laughs> for shooting threes so uh, you know are, are you adjusting at all because of that it's a great question. I was when I was writing, I was thinking like, what is the COVID nineteen edge here? It's like, try, am I trying to predict like who is going to have an edge coming out of the pandemic? And my head about exploded. I was like, I have, I have no idea. I mm-hmm. basically, I'm going to pretend like nothing ever happened in terms of this, and and I'm going to assume that the guys that were, I guess, the best playing the best over the last four to six months, are still going to be the sharpest guys and. I mean, I, I assume, I don't know this for a fact, but I think you may agree that these guys have been practicing or playing in some capacity for the last three months. They haven't yeah. just shut it down. Unless, you know, I'm sure a few of them have become fat, drunken slobs, maybe like me or something. I, I don't know. But um, I, I'm assuming these guys are, you know, that this is what they do. They're, they're This is what, what they do every day, whether they're competitively playing or practicing. So... They're, they're still playing golf. I, I'm assuming they're staying sharp. And another point, too, is, like we mentioned, they want to play, right? This field has attracted, that normally does not attract the bigger names. It's got to turn yeah. these guys in here. So I think they're excited to play. I think they're what, probably, you're right, probably a few holes. Uh, going to be a little bit weird. But once the dust settles and they get back in that competitive mode, I think it's going to be just like it, it was before. So, um, yep. so I'm, I'm not... I'm not, to answer your question, I'm not weighing any of that stuff too heavily. Yeah, yeah, I think that I think that's the right way to go. Uh, that being said, I'm not. I'm trying to contain myself a little bit from from going too crazy on DraftKings or from uh, placing too many wagers this week, uh, knowing that uh, there's a lot of unknown. And uh, assuming I have all the answers is is definitely not the way to go. Yeah, um, it, you know, maybe a guy like. You know, Dustin Johnson, what's he been doing during the, during the pandemic? I don't know. Yeah. You know. Maybe wait and see on him. You know, he has a little weird pass. So, um, okay, let's go to the next range. It is 6,800 to 6,900. And out of these five gentlemen here, Zach Johnson at 6,800, Adam Wong at 6,800, Lanto Griffin, 6,900, Harold Varner III at 6,900, and round it out, Matthew Neesmith at 6,900. And to add on what we were just talking about, Kyle, maybe a guy like Matthew Neesmith, who's you know pl- comes from the web.com last year, mm-hmm. not big crowds. You know, maybe you want to play that angle. Maybe he's your guy. Yeah. Hey, man, if you want to build a lineup that is, let's focus on guys that don't play a ton. Let's focus on and then put it into a GPP. Like I, I love that that philosophy. I wouldn't go crazy. I wouldn't build all my lineups that way but if you wanted to you know have one that goes that way and see if you can pop see if you can take home that millie maker i would uh i would not uh talk you out of that one bit uh as for this range bobby i'm going lonto griffin uh i'm a, I'm a big lonto guy i i feel like he's a guy that um is ready to to make some noise obviously uh a really really good on on bent grass putting uh does well with strokes gains approach um you know off the tee and around the green isn't really his strongest suit 
but with this course, I think, especially with off the tee, I think you'll be fine um, if you're not a bomber. Yeah, and um, like you said, great putter. He ranks 28th in strokes and putting on the season. And I, I remember, if I can recall correctly, you were a fan of his going. I, he was in the players as well, wasn't he? Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I feel like he's a guy I traditionally just kind of gravitate towards. Um, it, it, I, I'm, you know, some some of these players that it, it's funny. You'll the more you you do weekly uh, fantasy golf, the more you kind of grab these gravitate towards some of these guys, especially in the middle or towards the bottom. That you always find yourself playing um, and, and kind of gravitating towards and, and kind of end up in a lot of your lineups. And, and Lonto is definitely that guy for me. Yeah, and he's been uh, having a really nice uh, start to his season. So um, definitely got to keep an eye on. And just exactly what you mentioned, that type of guy for me is Matthew Niesman. Um mm-hmm. He would be my selection here. Again, kind of like Doc Redmond. He's been a guy showing up in um, that metric I put together on the uh, website. It's just um, really solid statistically. It's been translating nicely into just, you know, a lot more made cuts than missed. Um, And I think eventually it will get him into contention this season. Uh, He's been one of those guys, uh, one of those top 25 from the web.com last year who's come on. And uh, he's been playing nicely to start the season. He's 20th in ball striking, 38th in strokes gain approach and 45th in strokes game putting so just all around rock solid so um he would be my pick out of here and i think if i had to maybe pivot from there and again a nice course history person if you like that zach johnson just to mention him uh 12 and 14 here making cuts in his career nine of those have been top 25s five top tens and two wins the last one came in uh 20 12 which seems like uh 20 years ago so <laughs> um are you do you have anything to add or are we ready to move on we're ready to move on all right this is 7k exactly um and there's a few more guys like this who i just kind of gravitate towards and i'll be curious to see what you think charlie hoff is uh definitely the course history guy here he's 11 for 11 in cuts made taylor gooch alex norin and harry higgs uh one of the young upstarts uh, Harry Higgs is the guy for me, and he's, he, he will be in my core this week. Um, I, I oh boy, once, yeah, <laughs> one, are, are are you on board, or are you uh, are you going to go head to head with me? Uh, no, I I am actually. He's. I was going to say, um, I, I have a buddy too who is a big golf fan. He's been. I, I don't know if he has some connection to Harry Higgs or something, but he was telling me we were at a wedding in January. He was like, "Hey man, keep an eye on this guy." I was like, "Okay, sure," and then. Sure enough, like the next few tournaments, he was uh, making the weekend. I think he maybe had a couple. I, I, I don't have his season stats in front of me, but I know he's notched a few top 25s, I believe. So um, he's been one of those guys, maybe like Neesmith, who's been the, the success is carried over. And he seems to be um, comfortable a lot quicker. Some guys, it takes him maybe half a season, but he kind of came on. And he's he seems like he's uh, he's not nervous. That's for sure. It's not it's not too much for him. So uh no, I like Higgs a lot. Is he? Will he be your top pick here? Yeah, definitely. And uh, who? Just uh, if you had to go away from who would be a second guy here? Man, uh, that's... I kind of, I kind of shocked to see Alex Norn at seven thousand. I'll be honest. Yeah, he, he he's probably my guy. Um, I, I I I feel like he was a guy before the before the shutdown that I kept that I kept targeting, kept gravitating towards. Uh, was playing really well. 
Um, and, and yeah, if I if I wasn't going Higgs, he would definitely be interesting for me. Yeah, I think he's just one of those guys who, again, has had a ton of success um, uh, internationally on the European tour specifically. And his next his next thing, it's kind of almost like Tommy Fleetwood, like he needs to get his big moment on the PGA Tour. Um, and I, I think it's coming soon. So I'm a little shocked to see him down here that much, but uh, we'll see. He's 150 to one, too. If you want to throw some, you know, hey, little 10, 15 dollar bet out there, I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that at all. The one thing I will suggest on on guys like that, if you think they are good enough to win, if you think they are good enough to contend, uh, there are some sites that not only will, you can look at them for top 10 or top 20, um, but they'll pay ties as well. So if you do top 20 and there's 25 golfers tied for 20 or better, um, if they do all ties paid, um, that that is a nice way to look because it gives you a little extra wiggle room. It gives you, obviously, they only have to be top 20. Um, plus, if there's, you know, a four or five way tie for 20th place, uh, you know, you, you still get paid out fully. Um, that's that's a nice way to look and, and something I've been trying to take advantage of this week, especially with so much uncertainty. That's a great uh, point there. Great info. And what um, do you mind naming any of those platforms or no? Uh, I know Bovada does it. Uh, okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about others. Just check your whatever wherever you happen to uh, place wagers. Um, it should say around the top 20, either at the top or the bottom of the of the the player list. Um, they they'll it'll say all ties paid or whatever, um, and, and you can oftentimes take a, a little bit advantage um, uh, of those those rules. All right. Well, that's great. That's uh, yeah, that's good info. Um, and I'll, I'll be looking at that. I think I'm on Bovada anyway. So wonderful. Um, so we're both Harry Higgs fans here. Let's move on to this is the low 7K range. I asked you to just kind of pick two because I, I listened to quite a few guys here. Maybe listen to eight or nine. So it's Jim Fierk, Emiliano Grillo, Corey Connors, Bubba Watson way down here at 7,200, Brian Harmon, Tom Hogue. Jason Kokrak and Russell Knox. Uh, I'm, I, I appreciate all the uh, the hard work and the the impressive effort you put in, Bobby. But I am gonna pull a pivot here. Oh um, no! I, oh yeah! Uh, I'm gonna go to a couple other names, and I'm gonna start with Danny Lee. Okay. Uh, a, a guy that you know, 7200 is a guy that interests me this week. Uh, looking at his kind of efforts on bent grass. He uh, he set he's let me see here second in stroke screen approach. Uh, he is effective enough around the uh, um, on on the green, and if he has a little bit of a hot putter, uh, can do really well. Um, he's uh, seventh in shots gained uh, tee to green. He's seventeenth uh, in shots gained total. Um, I feel like. I feel like there's going to be – he might be a guy that if you want to bet, say, first-down leader could make sense. Um, I think I think he's going to put pop a big number in one of these rounds. Um, and, and I think he'll make the weekend, and I feel good, um, you know, uh, among the names that we're discussing that, that he could be interesting and a guy that um, ends up becoming a, a core uh, piece for me as well. Yeah, that's a nice layout right there. I feel like I, I missed uh, missed Danny there. Maybe I overlooked him a little bit. I feel bad now. Um, 
you know that that that's that's a great info and um i think there's a number of these guys that i i laid out here in our little google doc that are that profile of kind of one hot putter away from mm-hmm. um uh, you know just to name a few like Corey connors emiliano grillo jim Furyk. they are uh, really sharp ranked t to green statistically and their putters just kind of are always kind of a uh, hit or miss so um I, I would pick my pick is Connors here. He's mm-hmm. um, always been always popping up as a great ball striker. He's ranked fourth so far this season, 24th in strokes and approach. Again, the putter strokes and putting ranked 212. Uh, not good. Not not great, Bob. So uh, that's uh, that's tough. But um, he'd be my pick. I, I I just like the ball striking effort from him. And uh, but the, overall, this uh, th- this little range right here is stacked. With, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I, I picked I picked eight or nine golfers. I didn't even include Danny Lee, but there's so yeah. many guys right here who easily have a have like a top ten upside here. It's kind of crazy to see Bubba down here, but um, yeah, and I think that speaks. Good I, I think that speaks to the course. Uh, I will say I do have Corey Connors as a top twenty bet this week, uh, so I'm a hundred percent with you. And I think that if he puts well, uh, not only could be top twenty, but could be a guy that. That is contending come Sunday. Uh, right below him, Eric Van Royen, another guy that I'm really interested in. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, more was known for for what he was wearing on the golf course with those uh, with those like ankle grabbing pants. But uh, <laughs> he's a guy that was playing really well before the before before the PGA went on hiatus. So, um, at 7100 is a guy that I keep gravitating towards uh, when I find myself in this range as well. Agree there. He's a guy, another guy who, again, he played really well in the European Tour last year and, and started to kind of ascend. And now he's trying to, you know, come over and make make his name here. So, um, you know, he's he's he wants it. He's he wants to be known here and, and compete. So I, I definitely think he's another guy who'll be in contention at some point in one of these terms this season. Um, and if you want to go straight, like course history play, Jim Furyk, you know, the the Wiley veteran. 17 of 22 weekends made. Uh, it's just crazy to see 22 career appearances at Colonial. Um, and then 10 of those are top 25s. Seven are top 10s. So in um, his best finish, sole second in 1998, Kyle. I don't think yep. that matters. I don't think that matters at all, but just thought, <laughs> I, just thought I'd mention 1998. Another thing that probably doesn't matter, but I, I do want to mention, Ryan Moore, uh, 7,200 is a member of this golf course. Uh, this is pr- probably a guy who plays without fans, plays without uh, stadium seating, plays without people smashing down the grass. Uh, it could mean a lot. It could be nothing. But um, just a little nugget that I'm going to throw out there. That is a juicy, crispy nugget, my friend. Way, way to go there. Um, all right. Let's. Well, I said to pick two, so just... What, so you said Danny Lee would be your favorite, and then yeah, and then Corey Connors. Corey Connors, okay. I would go Connors, and then um, a guy that was kind of quietly starting to play really well uh, heading into the pandemic was Tom Hogue. So I would go Tom Hogue. You're my pick. Seventeenth um, in strokes gained approach and 29th in strokes gained putting. So he's just got to keep that driver under control here this weekend. I think he's in line for a weekend made. And let's go to 
All these guys are 7,300 on the dot. And it is. Adam Hatton, Abraham Manser, everyone's uh, really popular young upstart, Maverick McNeely. Lefty, Phil Nicholson. And then, oh, crap. Uh, here we go. Uh, another name. Uh, Chris, okay. Christian Bezenhut. I Okay. It's the Zaydenhut. That's what it is. Christian sure. Bezaydenhut. I just, I, this is the I guy just... I want. I watched the YouTube clip 10 minutes before he got on the phone. Um, so Christian Bezaydenhut. And also, I think the PGA Tour's pronunciation was incorrect. So anyway, um, <laughs> I, was, I was so upset. I, I, I'm not going to keep talking about it. All right. So, uh, Christian Bezaydenhut is the South African product. Um, and I, I'll just mention um, out of these guys, too, does this surprise you at all the, the Vegas odds angle from this have you have you seen this and uh, do you know what I, I'm I was just gonna say uh <laughs> one of these games is not like the other Mav McNeely at 65 to 1 um that's interesting I'm I'm I might have to to take a, a an extra gander there and and see if there's something I'm missing um but based on this list based upon the names we, you you provided uh, Adam Hadwin is my guy um I really yes. want to be excited about Abraham Answer. Uh, he's definitely a guy like, you know, we, we talked about guys that we can tend to gravitate towards. And he was one of those guys for me. Um, I just, you know, his his tee to green game, it, it's just not quite there. And, and it, you know, Hadwin, um, outside of his around the green game, um, you know, is really is been really efficient. And he's actually a, a really good uh, putter on bent grass. So. Um, you know, if I'm looking for a guy that's gonna that's gonna save strokes on the green um, and, and be you know really um, accurate, I think I think Hadwin is my guy this week. And again, we're in uh, complete agreement here. Um, and Hadwin, very solid all around statistically. Um, one of the, one of the most if you talk about the three categories we were talking about, which is ball striking, strokes gained approach, and strokes gained putting here. Um, of these like 70 ish golfers that we're covering in this field, um, he's one of the better ones, uh, all around. So I, I, I love Hadwin. He was playing well going into the hiatus as well. I, I believe on the season, eight for eight and cuts made and three top tens. So yeah, I, I'm Hadwin with a bullet. Um, kind of, I don't know what to do with lefty. Uh, yeah, I, he, I think it's ahead. time to put lefty out to pasture. <laughs> Might be. I I don't want to do it, but I just I, you know I don't I just don't know what I what I'm gonna do with him. He's I, it's crazy to see McNeely at 65 to one and Hadwin at 100 to one. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get. Yeah, it, but, I, uh, I I don't get that either. The same okay. reason uh, I'm not betting Phil Mickelson when I can get Corey Connors or Emmanuel Grio or you know Hoagie at 170. Like I'd much rather. Uh, go that way than to look at Phil Mickelson if we're talking pure betting odds. Okay, wait a second. Is it Hogue or Hoagie? <laughs> you know what, Bobby? <laughs> I, I, I've I've heard both. Uh, I've heard people say both in in the same uh, podcast episode or, or TV channel. So you know, uh, it's probably Hogue, but the E is there, and it's really fun to say. So I think people want to say Hoagie like the sandwich. So uh, it's probably Tom Hogue. Okay, it's okay just to like call him Hoagie. I get it, but I, now it's just it's pissing me off if I'm wrong. So, um, okay, so let's just move on here. Um, okay, I, yeah, so we're both Hadwin. Um, 
And I just want to mention lefties, again, if you're straight, course history. So this is Christian Bezanino, his first appearance, okay? Um, Hadwin is four for four here. Abraham Answer two for two here. McNeely is one for one here in cuts made. Lefty, he does not, this is not an annual stop for him for a number of years, but when he was kind of going everywhere in his heyday, uh, 12 of 15 cuts made here, eight top 20 ties, top 25s, four top 10s, and two wins. The last one coming back in 2008, which seems like 200 years ago. So, um, okay, let's go to the mid-7K range. And this is just four guys who are 74, 7,500. It is Joaquin Neiman, Ryan Palmer, Max Homa, and Harris English. No mispronunciations there. What you say, Kyle? This is a range I really like. Uh, I think Homa, as much as I liked him, I think he's getting a little too popular with his podcast and all that stuff. I think he's being priced up just because of name recognition. Uh, I don't like that. But the other three I'm definitely on board with. Uh, English is a guy that I like. But um, if I have to pick one, it's Joaquin Neiman. Um, And he's actually a guy that I've already placed a top 20 wager on. Uh, A guy that uh, can putt really well, can be really accurate, uh, can be effective off the tee. um, And and as long as his around the green game isn't a a total train wreck, uh, can be a guy that's in the conversation come Sunday. Yeah, I uh, going back to last season, I was on that Neiman train a lot. He mm-hmm. was under he was undervalued almost all year up until the very end, um, and he's kind of in that place now where, at least on DK, he's just he should probably be closer to eight, I'm guessing. But um, yeah, he's he's uh, just super talented. One one of the most younger young talented guys uh, in the tour. I, I think is he can he even is old enough to drink yet? Uh, probably in, uh, probably worth 18 and over. I think he's 20, maybe 21. I, I, I can do a quick fact check here. Yeah, uh, cr- crazy talented uh, to, to be like how young he is and yeah. what he's been, what he's been able to do over the last, I don't know, 12 months in his professional yeah, he, golf career. He turned 21 back in November. So he's been 21 for about what, six months or so. Well, then, you know, maybe you got to keep an eye on for the pandemic. Who knows how this guy behaves? You know, I mean, 21 now, you know, not, not a lot to do. I know what I would right. do if I was 21 and I didn't have to go anywhere to do anything. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> but we'll leave that for another day. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so, look, my my uh, heart tells me Neiman here, but my head is Harris English. And yeah, I like again, that call a lot. Again, um, just a guy who... I think it's kind of been a little mini like career resurgence here. Um, kind of where he breaks down statistically five in ball striking 41 in strokes gains approach on the season in 39th in strokes gained putting. So a really solid all around statistical layout for him. And I just want to give you this Kyle of, of like the 70 ish guys we're covering. And I think most of it's mostly the most notable players um, in the field. Outside of John Rock, Webb Simpson, and Sunjay M, only Harris English, Adam Hadwin, and Matthew Neesmith rank in the top 50 in all three of those categories. Uh, that's, that's impressive. You want to, you want another you want another uh, feather in your Harris English cap? I would love it. Uh, the, over the last 75 rounds at 
courses that are par 70 or, or less, or I guess all par 70, that have bent grass putting surfaces. He is second in strokes gained putting. Uh, he is third in strokes gained. And he is, or what's it, strokes gained, uh, short game. And then uh, he is 21st in strokes gained total. So this is a guy that does well on shorter courses, does well with bent grass, and putt and only trails the Todd father, Brendan Todd, uh, for strokes gained putting on bent grass. Well, that's some uh, hot data right there. Um, I don't know where you're getting this stuff, Kyle. Does he say Fantasy National? FantasyNational.com. Uh, uh, I don't. I'm not sponsored. I don't. I, I pay for the service myself, but uh, I highly recommend it. And it's free. I think until basically the tournament starts on Thursday. Uh, so if you want to uh, check it out and see if it's something you may be interested in, uh, now is the now is the time because as someone who likes to use a lot of information data for making picks and 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 whatnot. Um, I think it's worth it um, just to just to kind of like we, we go into a lot of these tournaments assuming a lot, um, but to be able to see it laid out to see how people have performed on certain surfaces or, or whatnot, um, I think it makes a big difference. Yeah, and it, it's also it's just something else to uh, consider. You know, if you, mm-hmm. you want to, if you're getting down to really tough, you know, tiebreaker type things, yep. um, that's always a good edge to, to play there. So uh, that, that that's awesome. Um, so yeah, I, Harris English would be my pick here. And also, I just want to mention something that I always like to mention about Adam Hadwin too, that um, he, he met his wife on Tinder. So it makes him somewhat of a national hero. And uh, oh, get, get, it also gives me hope. So um, I'm, I, I just want to clear that up about him uh, and why I really enjoy him as a pro golfer. So let's get on to 7K. This is the high 7K range. We have, it looks like, five pick from, and I, this is picking one here, it is Victor Hovland, 7,900, Brant Snedeker, 7,800, Brant Daniel Snedeker Hurt. is actually withdrawn, so he will not be, uh... No Brant. No Brant this week. Okay, well, he, he's out, um, if you wanna, if you wanna throw someone else in there, be my guest, uh, Daniel Berger, 7,700, Kevin Na, last year's winner, 7,600, and Kevin Kisner, 7,600. Yeah, no, I like a lot of names in this range. I think the Burger Na Kisner group is is probably my favorite. Uh, I did hold a uh, Kevin. I did hold a Kevin Na ticket last year before he won this tournament at uh, a, a pretty sizable number. So uh, I do have a little um, uh, uh, a little you know wanting to go back to to what did so well for me last year. Um, and, and Kisner would be a close second, but I, I am going Kevin Na. Um, I, I think, you know, obviously has performed well at this course, has the the ultimate upside of winning the whole tournament, um, can putt really well, can make is going to make the weekend or should have a really good chance at making the weekend. Doesn't need to bomb it. Uh, and, and as long as his his short, his, you know, middle mid irons are, are performing like we expect, I think Kevin Na will be in the mix and. Uh, a guy that, if you want to look at top 20s, top 10s, and, and maybe even outrights, uh, I think Nam makes a ton of sense there as well. He does make a lot of sense. I agree. Um, with Snedeker out, I think I probably would have to uh, opt for, for Na, and um, probably him or or Berger. Um, I think mm-hmm. Hovland, Hovland, would you think, may be the most popular? 
I think uh, Burger is going to be the most popular based upon what I've seen kind of on Twitter and uh, different, you know, podcasts and, and whatnot. Uh, I've seen I feel like I've seen him mentioned a lot and maybe that's just kind of the Twitter bubble. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like he is going to be a guy um, that you can kind of check out. And to be honest, Bobby, I know I'm once again, I'm not trying. I don't I don't work for Fantasy National. I don't know anything. Uh, I don't I pay for their service out of my own pocket. Uh, they do show projected ownership uh, of, of all these guys, and you can kind of look at different people um, based upon the people that have memberships to Fantasy National. They kind of you know earmark for, who, for who's going to be in their core. Um, sure. And, and you can kind of see if you're actually on, on – if you're right or if – and I feel like this is going to be a great range where you know I assume Berger is going to be the most highly owned. Uh, just because of form coming in, because of upside. Uh, but if I, you know, I check on Wednesday or I check on, you know, right before lineups lock on Thursday, and it looks like Burger is actually going to be lower, and Kisner and Nah are the ones. That's an easy pivot. That's an easy hundred dollar swap, um, especially if it comes to like a GPP type of lineup. So um, that 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 is another way to look. But yeah, I think Burger of this group is, is going to be the highest owned. Yeah, him and now have the best odds, Vegas odds of this group at 50 yep. to 1. And um, just another thing, Berger, probably all around best statistically out of these guys as far as just those rankings go. And uh, Kevin Na, his course history, you know, he won last year. He's 11 of 13 in cuts made in his career here. Eight of those are top 25s, five top 10s, and a win last year. So um, he would definitely be the course history angle out of this group. Uh, so yeah, let's let's get to this. Is now we're we're entering. It's thinning out now, Kyle. I mean, there's really yeah. no, you know, once you start going up here, these there's no one left. I mean, we're, I'm almost doing the entire range here. So um, this is the low 8K range. It is Jordan Spieth at 8,000, Sergio Garcia at the same amount, Louis Ushazen at 8,100, Matthew Fitzpatrick at 8,200. Jason Day at 8,300, and then Scotty Scheffler, 8,400, uh, who also has the the best odds, 41 to 1. I don't know what to do with this group. Um, <laughs> I, like Jordan Spieth, if he puts the way he he can, could absolutely win this. It's he's a home home game for him being in Texas. Yeah. Um, but he's also been just like an absolute train wreck, and like. Start. He can even start off really well, and and by the time it's time to cut, we're you know we're talking about cuts. He's like three shots off the off the cut line, and not no chance at making the weekend. And he he's, he's a mess. guy. Yeah, I just I don't know what to do with him. He's a guy that like I feel like I'd rather bet, uh, you know, to to win the whole thing than to try and play him in some DK lineups and have him absolutely crush them. Uh, Sergio, uh, you know. It, could be a, an interesting play. Obviously, a later edition. Uh, he's sixty to one right now on DraftKings Sportsbook, so you know he's just behind all these guys. Uh, Jason Day is, I think, my favorite option of this group, and I'm really curious to see what his ownership pr- projection is going to be like because I feel like a lot of people aren't going to play him because of the, the the back issue. But like, I feel like he's the one guy that could just not play competitive golf for three months, step on the golf course and win the tournament. And maybe not playing, you know, as on a regular basis, maybe mm-hmm. it, it helps the back a little bit, you know, and maybe yeah. just, 
maybe helps him reset a few things. Um, so yeah, I think for him and Jordan Spieth is what did this quarantine do for Spieth's head, and what did it mm-hmm. do for days back? Who who's to say? But um, yeah, it will be interesting. Spieth is such a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's it's just uh, you don't know what to do because mm-hmm. his history here is so good. Mm-hmm. Seven for seven. Uh, like you said, it's a home game. Six of those cuts made, top 25s, five were top 10s, and then he had the win in 2016. So um, you think, hey, if there's any time to, to get right, um, this would probably be it. Uh, and, yeah. and I, but I, I agree with your take that I almost just want to play him at 50 to 1 straight up. Um, yeah. Just on the, on the off chance that, okay, um, he's kind of cleared some things up there uh, in, in that space between his ears. And he can just get back to being, you know, some version of what he was. Yeah, so, um, I, sorry, go ahead. No, I was say, he just has the highest ceiling and lowest floor of anyone in this range. Um, and if I'm looking at DK, I mean, obviously it depends on where the rest of my lineup sets up, but I'm probably going to either go down to a Kisner or a Naw and save some money, or I'm going to go up to the guys at the higher end of the 8K range um, if I'm looking to set a lineup. Because I think... He's still got enough name recognition where, especially if I'm talking GPPs, um, people are going to play him, and I I don't want to be one of those people. Yeah, no, I, I know, I know. It's it's uh, you don't want to you don't want to feel dumb on Thursday and you go, oh, he's five over. What did I just do? Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, he's one of those guys. I think for me to be Matthew Fitzpatrick, I'm sure he will be super popular. Yep. Um, been playing really nice all year. Oddly enough, kind of weird. <laughs> Statistically, he doesn't really rank out well um, from the three stats that I have. He's he's 95 or higher in all of them. So I kind of wonder, like, why is he playing so well? But um, he, he's been playing really good this season. So um, rock solid all around. He has the second highest odds of this group at 42 to 1. So uh, I would go Fitzpatrick here. But um, very interesting uh, group of guys, as you mentioned. Let's get on there to the mid to high 8k range and this is five more guys where again we're just getting to the it's it's the, it's the it's the last last groups there's there's no one left we got mark leishman at 8900 gary woodland at 8800 tony finau 8700 shane lowry 8600 and matt kuchar 8500 uh gary woodland is one of my favorite options regardless of price this week um i feel like he is a golfer that excels at courses like this where it's almost better for him to pull out the three wood and take a little off and be more accurate and putt really well. Um, you know, I, I, I was at the U S open that he won. Uh, I think this is very sets up in a similar, you know, kind of vein where he's going up against the best in the world. He doesn't have to hit it 350 to 400 yards. He doesn't have to, um, do something that he doesn't need to or that kind of outside of his comfort zone. Um, I've already got a 50 to one ticket on him to take home the whole thing. Um, I, I think he is poised uh, to do really well and will be a uh, feature piece in a lot of my lineups. Totally a hundred percent agree. Um, number one in this range with a bullet for me is Woodland. I've been on him since uh, even going into the U.S. Open last year. He's consistently priced in, in these ranges with these fields where I still think is he's really, as far as his uh, play has gone, 
he should be up near probably more than five figure, at least closer to it. So yeah, I, I think that he's a guy who there's still a ton of value with, with his price, the way it stayed there. And um, again, number one in ball striking, 16 in strokes gain approached. Um, I love that. And again, again, his game, I think you were spot on and it translates to a course like this very well. And all he needs to do is just play his game and uh, he'll be good. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to add anything there. Maybe the second guy would be Tony Finau, but, um, you know, whatever. I, I, let's just let's just go to the uh, let's go to the next range. Let's do it. Nine K. And this is I think I think I picked everyone in the nine K range. I said pick your favorite two. Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka, Xander Schauffele, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Sunjay M, Patrick Reed, Colin Morikawa, Justin Rose. I think this is where the GPPs are going to be won and lost. I think the separation will happen in this range uh, yes. because there's so much talent. Uh, Justin Rose is a guy that makes a lot of sense to me, especially since he's switched back to the tailor-made clubs, the clubs that made him um, you know, approach number one in the world, like where he was dominating the PGA for a little while. Uh, he went away from them after that, and now he's back and uh, obviously had some time to kind of iron out his irons um colin morikawa is a guy that i will probably be fading not because i don't think he's good not because i don't think he can be productive i just he seems like a guy is gonna be a little too highly owned uh, a little too sought after and not gonna be um somebody i'm gonna want to dive in i mean if i'm picking two uh and that's the, the the exercise here ricky fowler stands out uh incredible putter um I think that that his his little contest with Matt Wolf and uh, Rory, uh, despite not really being like a PGA event, I think the fact that there was some competitive golf, some TV cameras were on, people were watching his shots. I think that might help him kind of be able to focus and kind of get back in the swing thing faster. Plus, it's also had the competitive golf with not really much on the golf course. I, I do like that quite a bit. Um, Webb Simpson is probably my other guy. Uh, he is the most expensive in the range. I think people are, uh, I don't know. I feel like he, like part of me is like, he's going to be incre- inc- incredibly owned. Part mm-hmm. of me is like, he's a hundred dollars more than Brooks, $200 more than Xander, $300 more than DJ. Like, I think people are going to be like at the, you know, kind of looking at their lineups, trying to, jam pack as much talent in and be like Webb Simpson and Brooks Kepka are the same guy to me or in terms of having the same outcome. So I'm mm-hmm. going to, I'm going to, I'm going to save that hundred dollars. I'm going to get Brooks and then I'm going to, you know, upgrade, uh, you know, one of my lower end guys. So I, I mean, where are you at with Webb? Like, do you think he's going to be one of the most popular uh, come lineup locks on Thursday? Well, I'll, I'll do my part and make him the most popular for sure. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah, he's going to be in my core this week uh, in the write-up. It's it's going to be him. It's going to be Woodland and Sanjay Ip. Um, statistically, this guy is, is solid as anybody, maybe even the best on tour as far as just all around. He has been for, you know, maybe going back to last year. Uh, he just, he ranks out incredibly well. He's not a star, right? He's not a star like Brooks Kepka. So um, no one pays as much attention to him. But as far as just, you know, he doesn't. He hasn't won a majors, but as far as just consistently being in contention, he's been as good as anybody probably the last 18 months of 
PGA Tour golf. So um, I, I I love Webb Simpson here. Um, I will be playing him third in ball striking, seventh stroke gain approach, 13th in strokes gain putting. You're not going to get a combination like that anywhere else. So, um, yes. Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm 100% with you there. I think that's a great way to look. And then my, my second would be M. I think he was um, clearly one of the ascending players and one of the best players so far this season, really. Um, yeah. And, and red hot. So um, he'd be my second. Is is you have a second that you selected? Was Ricky your first? Ricky Ricky's my first. Um, Webb Simpson's my second. I do I do love I do love Patrick Reed. You know that. Um, yep. And he's another guy that like in this range like. There, I, I think I'll be doing some, I, you know, and we'll talk about the elite elite options in a, in a minute. But I think this is kind of going to be a, where a lot of my lineups start their build from, and I'm going to pick at least two of these guys. It'll be, you know, a lot of Webb and Fowler, uh, Reed and Fowler, Rose and Fowler, uh, Jay is another guy. I mean, there's a, a lot of the guys in this group that I'm I'm definitely drawn towards, and if I can save. A few hundred dollars from from the top tier and i think they're right there with them um i'm i'm gonna do that yeah another guy um and i and i like that as well i, I agree it's gonna be two from this range in woodland for me and then we'll see where it goes from there but uh yeah um another guy who's kind of fits that profile is one hot wand away is morikawa um 24th in ball striking fourth in strokes and approach and then 174 in putting uh, strokes gain so um, he fits that profile. He was also been red hot in his rookie season. I don't, I believe he's not missed a cut. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I, I, I think he's a great player. I think he has tremendous upside. He's just a player that I think people are going to be overweight on. Um, and I'm going to look to pivot, um, in this range. That is fair. Now we will go to the five figure range. There's just four gentlemen here this week. It is Rory, it is John Rahm, JT, Justin Thomas, and Bryson DeChambeau. Um, and just to just to give some references on people who have played here and you know how many how, how many times the stars play here, or the best players. Rory's never played here, JT's never played here, Kepka's played here once. So just more context as to the fields that we usually see. And also Justin Johnson his career, two attempts here. So um, that said, who is your pick of the five figures? It's Bryson. Bryson. It, it it's 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 a significant saving, especially when you're talking about McIlroy and Rom. Uh, I Rory's incredible. Rory is arguably the best golfer in the world, and when he's on his on his top of his game, he's borderline unbeatable. Um, right. I just I I can't pay that much more. I don't think he's that much better than Bryson. Um, and as much as I love John Rahm, I love his ability. Um, I, I, I mean, saving almost a thousand dollars, I'm I'm gonna be doing that. Um, and if I had to pick somebody that's not named Bryson, it'd be Justin Thomas. Like that, that's where my head's at. Yeah, and I I totally get that. Um, it makes sense to me. You know, I typically am not gonna play anyone in this range. It just doesn't make. I can't justify it in my mind economically when I'm picking six players. So yeah. um, it's just probably not gonna do it. If I had to, I'd probably just buckle and go Rory just because of exactly what you just said if he's playing well no one can beat him if he's on he's the best so um and I think I don't know I, there's something about Bryson I'm not I, I don't know if I'd 
I might just not like him. I don't know why that is. I, I can't explain. Yeah, I, he he definitely has the ability to rub, rub people the wrong way. I'm really curious to see. He's put on so much muscle. Um, I, I'm curious to see not only what does that look like. Obviously, off the tee is going to be crushing it. But how does that affect his around the green game? How does that affect his putting? Because uh, this is a guy that has, when he's performed at his best, been incredible around and on the green. So uh, when I, I, I definitely... Uh, I'm curious to see that. I, I will say, Bobby, yes, I, you know, we're both on in the same boat as terms of like kind of avoiding this range. If you want to get uh, a little more GPP savvy, especially in this tournament with the field being as deep as it is, I don't hate the idea of taking two of the top guys and, and then kind of jumping that, you know, 9K and probably the high 8K range. Yep. Uh, maybe maybe you can shove in like a Lowry just because I think he is a guy that has kind of some interesting upside. Um, and then diving to the bottom and, and talking about the answers and the McNeely's and the Harris English types um, and, and kind of building a, a lineup that way. I don't think that's the, the I, I, you know, I, I probably won't be doing that, but um, I totally get I totally get taking that approach uh, into into this tournament. Yeah, and that's the beauty and the frustration of uh, playing these contests is there's just you know there's a million ways to skin a cat and uh, mm-hmm. you could you can definitely do that and you can build absolutely build a winning lineup picking two guys in this range and then kind of making some more mid range kind of shrewd plays and some dart throws absolutely absolutely um, okay I think I think we did it we did it we got through it somehow some way we 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 found our way to the end all right now um, you know assuming I, you know, we did this for the for the big tournaments in the in the majors, basically. Um, so far, you know, and this kind of this little uh, shutdown has kind of done something to me. I think where if there's a tournament, I, I, I'm just gonna try to do this every week, assuming schedules uh, work out. Is that something? Would you like to come back and see how we embarrass ourselves next week and how we can? Absolutely, uh, I am always happy to show up with egg on my face uh, <laughs> and look like an look like a fool after after saying don't play these guys and. Do play these guys and the guys that I tell people to avoid uh, end up making the weekend. But yes, I I, I love talking golf uh, and I will take any opportunity I can to to, to do so. Well, let let's plan on it. Um, this will be fun and um, you know it's kind of renewed my spirit to go like, hey, why not? Um, I'm I'm taking these other tournaments for granted. I felt like so. Yep. Um, let's have some fun. And uh, after this, Kyle, I've already taped this, but I did this. Uh, segment with a couple of buddies where we gave our top five movies of the 21st century, which was a somewhat of a daunting uh, challenge. And, you know, we're no film experts or anything, but whatever, we're just movie fans. And uh, I had the opinion, this did not go over well, Kyle, and you tell me. Um, I had the opinion that of the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, that A Dark Knight Rises was my favorite. And that didn't really sit well with a couple of guys, so... Should I, should, um, I just, uh, should, should I be allowed to ever talk about movies again? Uh, I, I really enjoy The Dark Knight Rises. And, and you know, maybe, maybe that's a, a weird take. Uh, I, I had never really thought about it being a take that would get a lot of blowback. Um, well, it was described as, a, as just a bad take. I, I said it was a hot take, and they said, no, it's just bad. You know, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like the Bane character. I kind of like the uh, 
the destruction. That's what I said. That's what I said. I don't know. I, I a bad take. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and put give some pushback there. Um, <laughs> I thank you. <laughs> yeah. No. I I I mean you can agree you can agree or disagree, and I, I totally get that. Uh, but in terms of takes and, and whether they're 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 good or bad, I, I think that's I think that's a take. And you know what? I think I'm going to back you up. I'm going to say Dark Knight Rises uh, is the best of the trilogy. Wow, that, I'm so happy. I might this might be a Twitter poll later uh, just to see if uh, people um, people berate me. So yeah. this will be uh, this will be this will be interesting. Um, well, hey, uh, Kyle, this was a fantastic. I look forward to uh, doing it again. Absolutely. Thanks, Bobby. Yeah, that's right. Make that two for A Dark Knight Rises over The Dark Knight. Thank you, Kyle. I knew I liked you. But uh, here, here is the... Big Brother Michael and Dear Friend Tony with our each of our top five movies of the 21st century, for better or worse. Here we go. Just kidding. All right. Um, long story short, I was not aware that Anchor, which is the platform I use to distribute this podcast, has a limit of 300 megabytes for the file you upload. So... Having just found that out, um, I'm going to need to create episode 27 that is separate to this. And if you are dying to know about this top five list, and you probably should be, you're going to have to jump ahead there. Um, I'm very angry. I'm trying not to show that right now because I have to redo all this. But anyway, um, the good news is is uh, we have golf back. And I can't tell you how I'm excited just to have anything back like Kyle was also saying at the beginning. So, um, look, we thank you for listening. Um, we hope you come back next week. We're going to try to make this a weekly thing, assuming all the schedules work out with Kyle. And if you want, head over to episode 27 for the top five. This is Swipe Right Sports. It is your sports spot hookup. I'm your host, Bobby Adcock. We'll see you next time.